And welcome back to Mixed Media Live. That was actually a little, a little smooth, a little smooth transition there. And uh, wait until you see what's to come. Awesome transitions to come. Uh, we, we're currently going through a, a growth phase with how this stream looks, how the show looks. Hopefully uh, it's to your liking as we go along. If you don't like it or you have suggestions for how we should improve, uh, you can go ahead and chat, submit comments, all that. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, we have a great show in front of us. We're going to be talking about Star Wars. We're going to be talking about your hot takes. And then we're going to be talking about Dune. Um, but first, I guess we'll introduce ourselves and explain what the show is. So first, uh, my name's Irving Nestor. I'm a filmmaker and media entrepreneur. Uh, ben, who are you? Uh, I'm Ben Costello. I'm a flute player and a media composer. Hey, I'm uh, Nathan. I'm a uh, game developer and 3D modeler. Yeah, and we're Mixed Media. We're here every Friday at 7 p.m. for now, at least. Um, <laughs> and uh, we won't be here um, for the next... Well, actually, we'll be here next week, but the following two weeks, the next Friday after next week is Christmas Eve, and then the following Friday is New Year's Eve. So <laughs> very, very poor time timing for the show, um, but we'll figure out something fun to put out in the meantime while we are away enjoying ourselves, and hopefully you're not trying to listen to us during those times, and hopefully you're you're having fun yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, hey, hey guys, uh, I see a, a bunch of people uh, piling in, and that's awesome to see. Uh, we're also streaming on Discord, and I am attempting to stream on uh, Locals, our uh, you know support platform. And currently, it the video is mirrored. This is an alpha test, I'll say, <laughs> of the final version of our stream as we continue to improve it. All right, uh, I guess we'll just uh, hop hop to it. Um, well, actually, no. First, how are you guys this week?s How's everything going? All right, I feel like. I'm, you know, mostly done. I have uh, basically had to finish it, a paper which I'm almost done with, and then um, I have a kind of like a, a final exam performance essentially on Tuesday, and then I'm I'm done with it for the semester. So, you know, got through a lot this past week or this week, I guess. I'm sure that's a good feeling for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the kind of exam performance is is still intimidating but it, it shouldn't be too bad i hope so yeah how about you nathan anything special uh not really also almost done with class um other than that nothing nothing too much going on yeah for me i've been spending this entire week trying to uh work out the rest of my long list of podcast upgrades um, a lot of back-end stuff was taken care of which is really exciting um i think by the end of the so i consider my work weeks to end on saturdays and i can't really spend more time like i have been <laughs> the past two weeks on like you know trying to get everything up to snuff um so I'm like, by tomorrow night, you know, everything needs to be done. And then after that, it'll be slow, sort of incremental changes from there. So hopefully, I'm hoping to be on Odyssey as well, streaming there, if my bandwidth will allow it, because I can't go through Restream for, uh, for that. And I'm also hoping to have our awesome voiceover stuff fully integrated. Right now, it is not, but you can see this cool, fancy transition. If you're if you're listening, if you're watching video, if you're on Discord, then you won't be able to see it, of course. 
I didn't realize stages was uh, audio only until literally like 10 minutes ago, Nathan. So <laughs> that's a kind of a rip. I think what stages is hey, supposed pleasure. to be. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be is a clubhouse like clone, essentially, um, which I, that that dawned on me when I realized there was no video component to it. Um, I've seen people do like talent shows through it, but I don't really know what you could do besides like music, really, or maybe like poetry or something like that. Yeah, without the visual component, I feel like it's just kind of an L for a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, or, or or a podcast like we're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, precisely. Yeah, that works. <laughs> and like maybe I'll figure out one day where I can pull. If you join the Discord, I can pull your audio in, you know, to the stream. If you want to comment like verbally or something like that, I don't know. That's uh, that's going to be one of those incremental changes, probably. Um, but with that, I'll pass it off to Ben while I fiddle around with uh, the stream. So uh, okay. Yeah, go for it. So uh, today I wanted to talk about the. Music for the opening scene of the Star Wars uh, Revenge of the Sith, the real world chronologically third movie, obviously chronologically uh, in, in, in the universe. Um, and, you know, this is a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while because it's just such a. I mean, obviously, I think Star Wars is like the pinnacle of film music. And, you know, obvi- I'm not saying anything. Re- I'm not, you know, espousing any radical opinions by saying that. Um, but th- this opening scene is like one of the most amazing things in within the whole, you know, six. We're forgetting episodes seven, eight, nine, the sequels. Um, one of the most amazing bits of music uh, in Star Wars in general. And honestly, I, I'm not sure that I, I know of a better opening scene with, you know, in terms of how the music is integrated into it in any film anywhere. It's just so good. Yeah, so The Revenge of the Sith, I would say it's probably my second favorite Star Wars film. Um, But even though I think the uh, music for Empire Strikes Back is the pinnacle of film music, and I think it's the best Star Wars film, I think the music in that does a little bit less heavy lifting uh, for the film than the music does for Revenge of the Sith. I think the music is really what elevates it from being not so great to being the the best film, certainly, of the prequel era. Unlike especially Episode 2, which had a uh, kind of torturous life, you know, bringing it to life, um, all sorts of the, the score not, you know, the film not being ready in time for William before he had to move, he had to move on to uh, Harry Potter and uh, I think I guess the second one. So what is that? Uh, Chamber of Secrets. So you know, there's a lot of patchwork stuff, stuff pulled from different cues. Like oh, here's five seconds from earlier, and here's one second, you know, patch with one second from the first film, and you know, a lot of stuff like that. Um, unlike that, so not really kind of you know, unlike the second film, where there's a lot of borrowing, and it's not really like a fully cohesive. Uh, musical tapestry the way that I think everyone wa- would wanted it to be uh, at the time, including Lucas, I'm sure, and, and uh, John Williams. Um, this is a kind of fully integrated score, very different in tone than any of the other six Star Wars films to that point. Um, a lot of the music from this film gets reused. I mean, 
a lot of music from everywhere in Star Wars gets reused in The Rise of Skywalker, but especially this film, just because it's got some really iconic things in it and also has some uh, really fascinating stuff having to do with the the Sith, you know, um, the temptation and, and that sort of stuff. Like I said, you know, the film is definitely the best of the prequel era, but the music is really doing more heavy lifting in terms of making it like better, you, you know, even just like, just, like the film itself is, is better than the other one, episodes one or two, but the music is doing a lot more in addition to that. This is really what helped elevate it to being uh, a lot of people, either their favorite Star Wars film or second favorite Star Wars film. Um and some of it, so the opening scene, uh, it has it has a couple challenges to it because of w- what this film is uh, in the chronology of Star Wars. So you know we know that at this point, if, if you are if you're I'm gonna, when I talk about this, we're going to assume that you're watching this for the first time, okay? Because the the effects are less uh, pronounced. Later, but that's kind of true of all film music and anything to do with film in general. Because you're going to get a different effect if you, you know, watch it in retro- retrospect. Um, but it, at the moment, right when it, when it came out, everyone knows if you're a Star Wars fan, right? We know that this is the last film in which Anakin has to go from being that love, well, lovable little child you can love him or not in Episode One, but be, you know, from that to being Darth Vader in this film. So you know, we kind of know the end destiny of this film. We know who well. We know that Obi Wan's going to live, right? Obviously, we know that Yoda is going to be around. Um, but beyond that, we know everything is going to have to f- fall apart. It's going to have to be a rather tragic ending. Um, so it's kind of a challenge in this film because you know Star Wars is not generally like a vehicle for dealing with like an ominous, like impending doom. You know. So Williams has to capture that. Uh, and this opening also has to establish the kind of friendship between uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan because the second film really kind of drops the ball on that. It seemed kind of like they're, you know, if they're brothers, then they are like fighting siblings who don't really like each other in, in the second film. You know, there's a challenge, especially in this opening scene, which is really when we get them together, before their their kind of climactic fight at the end, uh, you have to you know challenge for uh, Lucas and for John Williams to make us believe that you know they're inseparable, and that when they you know when when Anakin becomes Darth Vader and they fight each other, it's going to be you know like a, a kind of a tragic rupture. Uh, so again, this is kind of not typical Star Wars uh, tonal territory it's also pretty different than all the other openings all the other openings from the star wars films right of course they all start with the you know main title theme as we get the open the the crawl but thereafter uh the music from the from the crawl in all the other films kind of melds into something with some really interesting tonal you know harmonic stuff and they all kind of have a sense of mystery. Even the first one, uh, which, you know, we get the kind of big triumphant, like the rebel fanfare as we see the uh, ships pass over our head and that shot. Um, even, bef- even before that, we get this 
kind of shot of the you know the the twinkling stars and this kind of distant reddish planet and we get these very interesting chords uh in the strings all sorts of um like tritone part part stuff and weird whole tone stuff within that and very very cool um so they're all kind of setting up this sense of mystery even though the fourth one is, does have a little bit of that grandeur after that the other ones they all are just kind of like you know we don't know what's going to happen it's kind of it's kind of strange atmosphere we don't get that so if you listen to the official soundtrack too, you will not get this because the official soundtrack goes right from, uh, you know, main main title theme, and it cuts out about fifteen seconds uh, that are in the film and goes right into when the whole orchestra comes in again. Uh, in the film, that is not what happens. In the film, we get a shot of uh, a Republic star destroyer and you know over Coruscant. And we get this, these two notes uh, on the bass drum repeated three times. And this is a really fascinating beginning because, uh, you know, we've got this transition from, glo- you know, glorious uh, music, right, from, from the opening credits to boom, 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 right, repeated three times. It was very, very big contrast feels very empty and you know th- to me this this kind of the section right here and it's likely that this is tracked in later so the, the, the afterwards they decided that, that, to insert this thing and just had a you know bass drum player do this it doesn't seem like it was in the uh original plans because it's not in the official soundtrack um but really brilliant decision okay this kind of to me, sets up this whole idea of like, oh, this is kind of a fateful moment here. It's kind of setting up that sense that we already have it. Like there has to be some kind of feeling of, of doom. Like we know wh- where this is heading. Even if we don't know the exact details of how it happens, we know, you know, Anakin is going to become Darth Vader. Um, not that, of course, that happens in this scene, but we know that's the traje- trajectory of the film. It's also interesting because, um, you know, I've talked before about um, music kind of being about, you know, affecting heart rate and reflecting characters' heart rate and also affecting listeners' heart rate. And this is a, a perfect scene for talking about that. I mean, literally, it sounds like, we you know, this opening bass drum, like we got this really heavy, like, heartbeat you know kind of slow but like forceful and that's what it feels like to me and you know i've actually been reading quite a bit of of literature and uh on you know more recent stuff where people are kind of uh scholars are kind of digging into the relationship between music and and rhythm and and heart rate and and tempo and relative speed very interesting stuff so it only reinforces what i'm saying is kind of my personal belief okay so We've talked about uh, before the uh, concept of Mickey Mousing, but uh, in case you are uh, you know new to the show or haven't heard any any of those episodes, Mickey Mousing is a very old filmic film music concept um, where the music is mimicking what happens on screen in some way or another. Uh, you know, classic examples would be like you know if a horse is running right like you hear something that sounds like you know uh, the horse trotting 
like you know the the sound of it, its feet. Uh, or the other yeah, the classic example is like if someone gets hit by an arrow, you know the the frame where they get hit by the arrow, you hear like bang or something like that. You know some kind of musical indicator that, that that's what, that has happened. It's an impact. So there's a lot of Mickey Mousing here, but it, it's not typical Mickey Mousing. So you know it's a little bit hard to talk about this in, in full without showing uh, some some clips from it. But I'm going to just kind of walk through a few examples of, of what what's going on. And these aren't necessarily things you're going to pick up when you watch it the first time, but they're just an indicator of how tightly this, this opening scene is constructed. So after we have the, the bass drum, we get no music for a few seconds, and Anakin and Obi-Wan's uh, Starfighter, they both come in to the scene, we get a, you know, the sound of their, their starfighter, uh, whatever sound their engine makes in, in, you know, if there's no sound in space, but whatever. Uh, and then we get, uh, after about, you know, second or two seeing them flying past the, uh, star destroyer, the full orchestra enters, uh, thereafter. So we get a lot of little tiny details of Mickey mousing. So like when they're, and, and it's very important right, to show that they're, they're, uh, planes are in lockstep, moving you know perfectly in sync because they are that close to each other. They know each other's moves that well. You know when their ships kind of do like a barrel roll, right? We get a lot of lots of spirally figures uh, in the woodwinds. Uh, when their ships take a sudden dive, we get you know, kind of like that kind of that kind of motion um, throughout the orchestra. Uh, there are a lot of other really cool things. This is kind of, I don't take credit for um, for, for recognizing this, but uh, the some of the blaster fire you know, from like the, the laser cannons in the ships is in triplet figures, so, you know, like three, three note groups um, in tempo kind of in counterpoint with the music. So it's, it's, it's cool, you know, in the same tempo where like the trumpets will play triplet, triple figure a three note figure uh and then the the blasters will do the you know three note figure very cool that's interesting that's like a that's like not only is like the sound of department involved in that but it's also like you know uh, you have to get like the people who do the visuals to get that done too yeah so to me that says the music uh was was written pro- probably written first uh before some of these things were added um which is probably not the normal I mean, I don't. I imagine you know that sort of like sound and and visual effects work is is pro- normally done well and before the music is added. But yeah, very very tight construction. So lots of things like that, like the you know the motion of of the planes, planes, uh, starfighters is you know very very closely um, mimicked a lot of times. Um, as a cool moment too, where. Um, Anakin, uh, he's being trailed by uh, two torpedoes, and in order to uh, you know get rid of them, he has the, he get, flies in this really tight spiral, and the um, the torpedoes that are following him collide into each other before they hit him, because uh, they're trying to you know track it, track the the plane, I guess, or starfighter. I don't know why I keep saying plane. But while he's doing that, it's really tight, you know, uh, corkscrew 
all sorts of really cool like harmonic stuff it it sounds like very disorienting like you know you, you feel like you're like i don't know like in zero g or something like that it's it's or or i i, I don't know i never i've never experienced that myself but what, what i think most people would imagine that would sound like it just feels kind of like nausea inducing um so that sort of like explicit motion mickey mousing and then uh like where the the lasers are like interacting with the music rhythmically um, which is I, I'd call that Mickey Mousing, but almost in reverse. Uh, the 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 scene is trying to mimic the music. So the other thing that's really important to note uh, is that unlike all the other um, opening scenes here uh, for the other Star Wars films, uh, there's just a profusion of really long melody. And I'm actually kind of, I was just looking this up before the show, um, Frank Lemon, or I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his name, L-E-H, I've mentioned him before, um, Frank Le- Lemon, uh, Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N, um, who's kind of the like, most academically uh, serious person about John Williams, who has his full 70-page catalog of uh, John, the themes of Star Wars and all of his annotations on them. Um, if you look on on his, uh, you know, his seventy page thing on, on this, uh, on on music of Star Wars, he only he comes up with lots of what he calls incidental themes and set piece themes, um, and he doesn't mention any of the themes that are in this this opening scene, which is really remarkable to me. He mentions the bass drum but nothing else. And he mentions a lot of other things that are like really minor that, you know, only occur once, like literally are played once. Um, in while there are a lot of themes that are in this opening scene that are played multiple times in this opening scene and don't get mentioned. So I, I'm a little curious as to why he's not so interested in, in all the stuff that happens in this scene, but really long brass melodies. It opens of course with the, uh, well, in addition to, you know, all sorts of Mickey Mousing with the, you know, secondary instruments, um, all the horns playing the the forest theme, which uh, no other no other Star Wars film opens with the forest theme. Uh, it's, you know, it's right in your face uh, when it's when the, the music starts. And, you know, again, that's, that's a theme that's kind of associated with like pivotal moments and pivotal choices uh in the the fate of the galaxy so it makes sense for us to start that way especially because like i said you know we know if you're watching this the first time you know that this is what the ultimate consequence the ultimate fate here is going to be so so you know what the stakes are for this film you know that you know the, the galaxy is kind of on, on the line even though you know what the end is going to be so you know it's a question of how we get there um also, we get the only time the Rebel fanfare occurs in the prequel trilogy uh, when the Buzz droid is uh, attacking, is, is on Anakin's uh, ship, and is, is kind of fighting against R2, and R2 uh, zaps him in the eye and, and, you know, destroys it and dies, flies off, you know, the ship. Uh, it's the only time we get the Rebel fanfare in the uh the prequels i guess my my thought is that that's just a reflection of like kind of you know heroic space triumph space combat triumph that we 
we don't really have much of uh, in in the prequels. Uh, so it's kind of cool that we get that. So in terms of uh, heart rate, there's a lot of really fascinating stuff uh, with how that works. So you know we we start off lots of like big hits where we tra- transition from like you know the two of them flying, and suddenly we see like the full scope of the battle, and you know we see lots of laser fire. You know big kind of downbeat hit there. Um, another really big kind of downbeat hit. First time we see like actual. Uh, explosions and like ships getting hit, people flying and dead people flying in space, which we do actually see in this um, kind of unique in Star Wars. Um, you know, those are all, all big landing points. Um, but once we sort of, you know, a- a- after we get through that, like we see that, you know, the combat's actually happening, people are dying. We get to this really heavy stuff that is very similar to uh, part of the, the Rite of Spring, actually. Uh, which, if you're not familiar with the Rite of Spring, kind of be the, the most important uh, 20th century uh, classical piece by Igor Stravinsky. And we're talking about the uh, the part where we have the strings while playing these you know heavy downbeat chords that are uh, tritone apart, or sorry, ha- half step apart. Um, so that we don't get quite that harmonic. Uh, dissonance in, in in this but we get the same sort of like figure with its rig- rhythmic irregularities in all the strings and a very heavy you know in Stravinsky and right string it's a kind of dance um but not really a dance here I, I definitely think that's sort of the inspiration for, for what Williams is doing here um but you know so it, we, it's really to me driving home this like you know, heart rate and like it's very heavy and, and irregular, right? We're kind of shifting the meter here and there. And it's also being interrupted by all sorts of like, you know, stuff, outbursts from the, the trumpets and, and the woodwinds. And that's, you know, going on as Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, the, uh, they're encountering fi- uh, fire, you know, fire against them from, uh, vulture droids and the torpedoes are coming after them. Um, and then as the, um, bu- the buzz droids a- attack Obi-Wan's ship um, and destroy his R4 droid and, and his ship starts uh, failing, I guess, the same figure gets put up two octaves in the string. So again, kind of heightening our, you know, the, the tension of the heartbeat again, uh, em- emphasizing that. Um, and then we get the, the moment where, you know, Obi-Wan thinks that he's going to die basically. And he tells Anakin to, to keep going and Anakin has to, you know, stress that I'm not going to leave you. And at that moment, we, the, we get to a completely different cue and suddenly the tempo is like three times as fast, or at least, um, seemingly three times as fast in terms of relatively terms of how we kind of feel the, the meter not what the actual meter is and again that's to me like we're we're, we're going off the uh, the character's heartbeats here we're not you know not not our not our own uh, especially not in retrospect um, because there's no there's really no tension not there's no tension but we know that again that they're both going to survive here but they don't know that Right. And 
again, we ha- you have to establish this relationship between, uh, you know, this closeness between uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. So you know, Anakin is afraid that his, his friend, mentor, brother uh, is going to die and he's not going to leave him. Uh, so he's, you know, we, we get the kind of that nervousness from him and, you know, even more in, interruptions uh, to that from, from the um, woodwinds. Again, it kind of, you know, jarring, right? The, the can't, we can't, it's like rapid heart rate, but we can't really settle down into even something that's rapid. Um, so I don't know, very, very cool, in my opinion. Of course, we, we the scene kind of ends with them flying towards the, you know, the uh, interior of General Grievous's ship. And they got to, you know, fly through uh, as this, like the blast door is closing to the hangar bay. And again, the music, like the tempo suddenly picks up one more time. You know, and, and Obi-Wan makes his comment, like, I have a bad feeling about this, right? The classic Star Wars line. Are we going to make it through this? Music, again, reflects that in terms of its speed. And then it ends with a fantastic transition where the uh, ships are kind of skidding on the... Uh, the, the big ship's uh, hangar floor, and uh, Obi-Wan flips out while his ship is still, like, sliding and already has a lightsaber in hand and slices through uh, a, a battle droid. And that's the end of, of the music. The scene doesn't end. Uh, we still see Anakin's ship uh, sliding, and then he like he waits for his ship to stop moving and breathes a sigh of relief and then steps out of his ship. So kind of an interesting contrast uh, in, in their style there, but really fantastic hit point where, um, you know, ending with Obi-Wan flipping out of his uh, ship and last time as he slices through the, the uh, battle droid. So overall, really, really incredibly tightly, you know, constructed. Uh, every detail of what's going on is accounted for, um, making sure that we kind of feel, you know, the... The, the tragedy and like the sense of impending doom and and fatefulness uh, with the bass drum and starting with the uh, the force theme, Mickey Mousing I think re reinforcing uh, the motion of of the starfighters uh, to help uh, stress you know and, and build up that that impression uh, that was lacking a second film of the kind of closeness of Anakin and Obi Wan probably more. Uh, Mickey Mousing than any other space battle in Star Wars too, and I think that's part of the reason why you know to help establish that like all of these motions are in sync with each other, you know, you know, calling our attention to that in some subconscious way. Yeah, and then just like the the really I think expert play of like paying attention to to the tension that the characters are feeling and like. You know, in theory, it should also increase our attention to whether it does or not. I'll leave that up to you know to you when you watch it, especially if you watch it the first time. But I think it really reflects what the characters are feeling and feeling about each other too. So, you know, overall, I, just such a, a amazing opening. Um, all of these long melodies on top of all this like really rhythmic stuff is kind of hammering in this feel of like you know, heartbeat, 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 all these, like, really long melodies that are just not present um, in any other Star Wars openings. So, you know, really, 
not not really many opening scenes of any film that I'm that I, I'm familiar with. Um, you know, it is on top of all of his tension. It, it's it is heroic. Um, you know, these are this is a uh, you know the, the two best Jedi, I guess. Um, you know, at the height of their like their powers and their camaraderie. You know, we got that heroic, large, long heroic moment out of them that we kind of don't have in a second film that, you know, we kind of need in order to set up the tragedy of Anakin's fall to the dark side and fight with Obi-Wan. So, yeah, really, really fantastic opening scene. I, I can never, you know, I've watched it so many times and it doesn't get old. It only gets better every time I watch it, so... Yeah, I wish we could. Uh, I wish we could listen to things alongside you saying them because I'm like I'm imagining them, and it, it really sucks that we can't just like go ahead and watch the scenes. Basically, I feel like yeah. that would be really awesome. I do recommend that if you're gonna like, if you are interested in this, you want to watch the scene and not listen to the official soundtrack because the official soundtrack, in addition to like cutting out the opening bass drum, um, it inserts music. Uh, that is cut from the film. It's the, originally in the scene where Grievous kills uh, Shock T, not which you can see like the uh, in like you know deleted scenes from the film, but it's not in the actual film. So it inserts that. It changes the order of when some of these things occur. Um, so official soundtrack's got a lot of what's in the film, but not in the right order. And yeah, you you want to watch the scene itself if you can. You know, uh, I, just, I just realized that, you know, sometimes I listen to Star Wars music, um, you know, outside of the movie. Um, and I've never seen the prequels, but I've listened to, well, I've seen bits and pieces of the prequels, but never the whole thing in its entirety. Um, and I've listened to some of the music. And there are some songs where I can, I can very vividly, like, picture what's happening. Because, yeah, there's definitely certain times where the music is for sure referencing what's happening at that exact moment. What comes to mind is like uh, the song, I get the, I get the names confused, so I'm not sure, I don't remember what it's called, but the song that plays during Order 66, essentially, right? That's very, uh, I mean, you really, throughout the entire thing, you can, you know each step, essentially. <laughs> uh, you can imagine, every, maybe not, yeah. you know, the exact frame, but you know the general idea of, uh, what's, you know, at least what, 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 what scene you're on, I guess. Right, and and I will say that like a lot of the big numbers from all parts in all three of the prequel films, but especially in this film, in case you know some of the lines don't land or like we're not totally convinced by anything, um, the music is really kind of making up for that in the emotional impact of like Order sixty six or you know uh, when Anakin and Obi-Wan have their kind of climactic fight and, and Mustafar. You know, in case you weren't convinced by some of the less than perfect dialogue leading up to that moment, the music is gonna, you know, like I said, the music does a lot of he- lift, heavy lifting in this film. It, it makes up in a lot of ways emotionally for what, you know, we have to assume is, is, is happening and not just rely, you know, if we just rely on like some of the dialogue, uh, eh it's not it's i'm not convinced just by the dialogue yeah that's that's my that's my uh quick summary without you know referencing the actual scene itself 
<laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there's a. I'll have to do some investigating, but I wonder if showing frames is an issue or not for like you know, um, yeah, for the the content police. I'm a hundred percent sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yeah. I don't think so. But uh, yeah, I would check to make sure. It's more like the bots, you know. Like I don't think it's a problem legally speaking. It's more like the will the bots like sniff it and be like. Your stream is done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll have to look into that. 